From Alaska Teen Media Institute, this is Zoom Room, a youth-produced podcast where each episode we zoom into a different theme or topic through interviews and conversations relevant to us, the youth of Alaska. I'm at me producer Jeremiah Freeman. Anchorage Youth Vote is a nonpartisan organization that works to empower youth to vote and be engaged in the democratic process. In a normal year, they would be putting on mock elections, hosting candidate forums for statewide races, and getting into the community to educate youth about the rights and responsibilities of living in a democratic society. This year, as we all know, is quite different. There's a presidential election, but when you add on an increasingly divided political climate, ongoing protests over systemic racism and police brutality, and a global pandemic, youth votes work becomes much more challenging. So on today's episode, we're going to hear from two of the organization's members, Tuan Grisano, who has been a member since 2014, and Ava Earl, who has been with them for about a month now. They spoke with Atme producers Riley Taylor and Daisy Carter over Zoom on October 18th, 2020. You guys kind of, or maybe Twan, since you know you have had a little bit more experience um, with Youth Vote. Um, what is Youth Vote? Youth Vote is kind of a, a place to provide to encourage young people to vote and be engaged in the democratic process. You know, in a nonpartisan, non-biased venue. Um, but at the end of the day, too, though, it, it's a organization that is run and led by youth to really help our fellow youth and the community in. Uh, engaging in uh, voter education, um, getting involved in the democratic process, you know, improving just our community in several positive ways, whether that's um, bullying prevention and bullying awareness campaigns, whether that's uh, helping other youth projects and youth organizations and partnering with them. Um, so at, at the core of it, Youth Vote is about empowering and supporting youth um, within our own community. Would you say it's like a uh, kind of giving youth a a voice kind of, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Not giving youth a voice, um, but also giving them, I think, the, the, the reins and giving them the ability to kind of chart their own course and what they want to do, what they want to work on, what they want to improve or, you know, affect in their community. Um, and not only giving youth a voice, but helping youth also give other youth a voice and advocating for other youth as well to, 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 um, to really, you know, pursue the, that direction and that path of, you know, having the ability to speak out, having the ability to feel like they are empowered and able to affect important decision-making within our own, within our own communities. Um, and I think, you know, I, from my personal experience, I wouldn't be the type of person, you know, advocate person who gets so involved in the community and speaking out for others if it wasn't for youth vote in the first place to not only teach me how to do that, but also freely and openly, you know, give me the opportunity, give me the the encouragement and the support of doing so. With youth vote, it's one of those things where they don't check and see like, okay, we're going to take you on like a trial run, see how you're doing and all that. Um, but they give you meaningful work right away. They make you feel like you're a really imp a valued member and key member and a, a very empowered young person right from the get-go. Um, there's this kind of inherent belief and support that exists within youth vote that everybody can really make a difference. Um, Ava, you said that you are a new member. Um, what has inspired you to get involved with youth vote? 
So I am also a new member to um, When We All Vote, which is a national organization started by Michelle Obama that basically, um, well, When We All Vote is not a student-run organization, but My School Votes is, and it's like a sub-organization of When We All Vote. And so I joined them in probably a few weeks, maybe a month before I joined Youth Vote this year. So still very recently, um, because I mean, same reasons I feel it's very important for youth to be active. And there's like statistically proven data that shows that when youth vote, elections have different outcomes and you know, we're a big demographic. So it's very important that youth feel empowered and that every vote does matter, even though it might not feel like it. Um, and so I reached out to um, Carrie, who organizes Youth Vote originally to see how um, Youth Vote might want to work together with When We All Vote Alaska and My School Votes and kind of see, you know, what overlapping is going on there because I was the first person to join My School Votes from Alaska. So <laughs> we were very like, we didn't have too many resources going on, but um, I ended up joining youth vote as well. And it's pretty different as far as structure because I am not the one that is organizing it, which is very nice to kind of have everything already laid out. Um, but yeah, mostly because I think it's a really empowering thing to do and yeah. And Tuan, how did you first get involved with youth vote? So this is a pretty funny story I like to always tell when people ask how we got involved in youth vote. I got involved because it was five points of extra credit in my government class. Uh, honestly, uh, I had uh, I was going to Diamond, and at the time I it was my second year of ever volunteering, just in general, um, at, in my at that point in my life. And I was a senior in high school, and I was told that that uh, Carrie and Youth Vote, you know, were looking for young people to to be a part of it, and I get some extra credit points. And, you know, at the time I was like, oh, sure, you know, I've, I've never really done anything like this. I, I might as well just go for it. And so I joined um, just to see what it's like. And partly because I was at that time also um, learning about governments and, and getting involved in what politics meant. And I was very interested in that. So I thought this was a great uh, opportunity to do both. Um, but then uh, I joined and then I stayed because you know, at that first meeting and then at the subsequent meetings and communications, I felt like it was a very collaborative effort that my voice and my perspective were, was always taken into account and valued. And it was a very different feeling because um, I had never really experienced that maybe outside of then like my family and stuff like that, but it's not really the same. But having to be, being having the opportunity to be part of an organization and a group, you know, where I was able to be a, feel like an integral member um, and I, I got, I jumped right in and was really like spending a lot of my time participating in the events that youth vote puts on around election year. It was 2014. So it was like, it was perfect timing in that regard. It wasn't a presidential election, of course, but it was a very interesting election nonetheless. Um, and that's why I joined, I, I joined for the extra credit, but stayed for the experience. So. That's a really big story. And I think something that, um, that a lot of people can relate to, especially like with APNI and with, um, youth vote and, with Spirit of Youth stuff, it's just kind of like extra credit or you just like stumble in it and then you just stay, <laughs> which I think is really nice. What does Youth Vote's work look like? So our work is, is it's very diverse, I guess I would have to say, because there's so many different things that can go on. But 
Um, our work ranges from you working with uh, certain organizations, uh, uh, whether you know it's the Anchorage School District, other youth-led or youth-run organizations. Uh, we work with those. Uh, we work with organizations to come up with projects that help young people either get more involved in the democratic process, feel or get more educated in voting, that they become more empowered in general, um, bullying prevention, civil work. Uh, so it, it can be wide ranging. Um, and, and that work usually looks like the form of a, a maybe a tangible product, such as a PSA, maybe some posters. Um, it can also be an effort such as Providing providing a venue, providing a place for other young people to speak out and interact also, I guess, with with organizations within the city as well. And the thing with Youth Vote is a project will come along. So, for example, uh, the International Bullying Prevention Association asked Youth Vote to host a webinar about young people's or youth self-care. So we have we have certain organizations ask us to provide young people's input and perspective. Um, we have again organizations to that ask us to create a tangible project or a product such as those posters or uh, of a way to empower young people. Um, and then the the process of it all is very interesting, where we figure out um, exactly what the logistics of it is, um, recruiting young people for that project. And recruitment can be very flexible too. Within youthful, we have members who, you know, sometimes are really heavily involved and then sometimes they are uh, needing to take a step back. So on every project that comes along, we always, or youthful is always asking its members who's interested and who's available to help with this or wants to work on this project. And, and then we do the brainstorming for that project. Uh, we meet with during the, we meet to uh, start working on that project. And then at the end of it, we evaluate and see what, you know, what looked, what we did really well, what we enjoyed about the process of completing that project. Um, and then we take that into account whenever we start a new project, whether it's like, did we need to spend more time on the planning phase or did we, did we need more, be more technical or expertise or help as well? Um, so it, it follows a kind of a set pattern that can be flexible when we, when we work on our projects, but our work really encompasses things that, benefit young people within our community. Um, and that's usually within the Anchorage and Alaska area, but sometimes that, you know, with especially virtually online, that might be something a little bit wider ranging because we're online. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges with engaging your fellow youth? I have a lot of friends who are like, you know, politically minded and most of them have opinions similar to my own, but I also have a lot of friends who are pretty apathetic about elections and I'm not, I can't guarantee that they're going to vote even though they can. And um, I think a lot of it is, um, especially um, with a lot of white people is what I would say is that it kind of feels like it's not affecting you. And if you don't see something affect you specifically, and I should mention, um, I mean, higher income people as well. And like people who are at the, you know, the top where they're not feeling that um, effect from, you know, any kind of economic policy or, you know, different um, social justice issues that are happening. I have a lot of friends who I don't think personally feel that effect. And so I don't know if it feels like it's real for them. And so I think a lot of it is kind of sharing experiences and making a network where people feel 
able to share like, well, this is something that I worry about because of this, or like, as a woman, I feel like this, or, you know, whatever your situation is, and everyone is so unique that I think a lot of these, um, like, apathy problems can be solved by kind of just hearing from other people who are different than you, and I think there's a little bit of a lack of that kind of communication. I think that people are pretty isolated within their social bubbles. And so if you don't have people inside your social bubbles who think differently than you or have different life experiences, then I don't think you're gonna feel those effects um, on a personal level. And I think then it doesn't feel like your vote matters at all. That's a, that's a really good point. Uh, I, we're definitely seeing kind of a rise of people that either don't seem to care enough about the situations that they or whatever reason their reasons are there we seem to be having kind of a rise of people that aren't voting and i think yeah you raise a very good point there with um these people that are a part of groups that maybe don't particularly get affected by these you know little things maybe they just don't see it as important to them but they are very big issues and they affect a lot of people you know, there are people out there that are apathetic because I think they feel, again, that it's the, one of the biggest things is, you know, they feel like their vote doesn't count, or right? Um, there is a quote by some people attribute to like Mark Twain, and I don't know, sometimes I'm not sure if that's accurate or not, but it was something along the lines that if voting mattered, they wouldn't let you do it. Um, and I have so many, so much issue with that, that kind of, that kind of uh, mindset in that quote. Um, I think at the end of the day, votes really do matter, but not just because you're casting a ballot, you know, and it's just a number that gets checked that you just, it's part of an addition and part of an equation. I think voting encompasses so much more. Voting is not only just putting down your opinion and adding to your voice, but it's about the whole process of voting, about educating not only yourself, but being comfortable and wanting to educate others about how you feel about your political beliefs it's such an extension of your voice that voting, you know, even if you're voting for a candidate that has 0% of winning or, or, or over even being considered, you know, that's you saying that I have specific beliefs, I have specific ideologies that I wanted to be represented. I want to express that, you know, and, and that's what voting is. And it, it goes beyond just, again, casting a simple ballot, but it's it's a part of a huge process that is a part of society, a part of your community, but also a part of yourself and, you know, that kind of self-development and uh, that um, individuality of being able to have those opinions. And that can be a little bit different. To add to that too, though, is I think that voting for some, for young people especially is difficult because they feel that they are not uh, being uh, heard, that their voice and their their actions are not being taken uh, seriously considered. I think that some of the issue with getting young people to vote is that as on all other levels, community and, you know, within our society, we don't give a lot of voice or a lot of credence to our, to our young people. We don't ask them a lot for input, for their viewpoints, their perspectives on, you know, really important decisions that are going on in our community. And that, that's not a great, that's not a, a great message uh, to communicate to young people that, you know, when we make all these decisions, for example, like whether or not school should go public or, or sorry, whether or not we should be in, in person school or uh, not in person school. Like, 
I haven't heard much about how young people feel about that, what the most young people feel about that. A lot of times in the news, I hear about parents, administrators, adults talking about whether we should have kids in school or not. When are we asking young people whether we should have in-person school or not? I, that's what I want to hear. And I think that uh, that's a reflection on our part or our community or our country not to really consider and seriously take into account how young people feel about important communities uh, decisions such as that so i think that's one of the issues is that you know we show in other areas that young people's voices we don't seriously want to take them into account then how can we expect them to also want to vote when we've been showing them throughout the entire time that you know we really don't listen to you guys or we don't try to actively reach out and and, and communicate and take in your input um so i think that's that's a huge issue with it um as well and I think that's something that Youthful tries to do um, in the community. It does it really well within its own within its own organization, its own members. Um, but I think that's also part of Youthful. You know, our 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 huge push is to empower young people. And I think when young people feel empowered, they also feel empowered to vote. Yeah, that is so true. I have not like seen anything about like how like young kids are feeling. And I know my um, my cousins they're in elementary school and they. And they do not, especially the youngest one, she does not do well in like an online situation. And, and yeah, that's, that's such a good point that, yeah, we don't really give our youth a voice as much as we probably should because it's, they are the future. Have you guys always been, you know, politically active? For me, I have, I'm almost 18. I turn 18 in January. So unfortunately, I can't vote in this um, election cycle, which is so frustrating to me but um I've always been I remember I think it was probably around eighth grade so four years ago um in 2016 when we were it was the presidential race against um Hillary and Donald Trump Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and that's kind of when I started getting like really interested in kind of listening to what was happening with politics especially nationally and I listened to a lot of NPR like a lot of NPR that year. <laughs> um, and that kind of just got me like, I think, I mean, I was definitely aware of like politics and I definitely had my own opinions, um, but it kind of went from there. And I've, you know, I think like a lot of people, I get a lot of my politics from my family and from my parents. Um, and I think that's pretty typical, but I've also been able to evolve and like, see other things and I don't agree with my parents on everything anymore which I think kind of shows that <laughs> I've grown a little bit as a person and yeah so for me I've mostly always been pretty active even when my opinions didn't have too much basis. <laughs> yeah I think uh, similar to Ava I, I think I got some most of my politics at an early age from my parents. Um, one of the things I used to remember doing a lot is watching John Stewart and Stephen Colbert's reports on uh, at late at night, um, and I think that's where it really started. And it was funny; like I started getting some of the jokes here. Of course, they're all politically themed and all that. But um, I, I I started getting a sense of you know the politics going on, and then my dad would share, of course, and we would talk. Um, and I think that around sometime maybe sophomore, junior, senior, I think it was probably it was probably senior year. Um, I have to I have to think back because I can't remember exactly when, but I um, I was asked by a friend to help canvas for 
uh, uh, Senator Begich's campaign. And so I canvassed for a couple of weeks in the winter. That was, that was a different experience. Um, wasn't quite sure what to make out of it. Um, but, you know, getting involved in, in politics then was, was part of me just, I think, also exploring and seeing what, what, what it was really like to get into politics. And it was interesting to me at that time because, you know, it was something that I, you know, I would always see in the news. My dad would always talk about it. My family was always open and love to talk about it. And they're all very politically like-minded. So it was not really more of arguments with each other, more of everybody getting angry at the same thing together. Um, and we, we are an, we're an Italian family too. So like, you know, our tempers can flare up and our voice is getting loud. So um, it, it was a really interesting time. And then, you know, we have a lot of friends and we had a lot of gatherings at that time which is really weird to say now in COVID, but we had a lot of gatherings and get togethers back then. And, you know, those political conversations would, you know, rise up again with friends and family who came over. So it, it, politics in our, in our, in my family home was, you know, something that was natural. And then um, similar to Ava too, like I started, you know, exploring my, my own polit political beliefs and, and, and researching and finding information out for myself. Um, and then getting really involved in, then youth vote is like where it's like the next step is, you know, learning about all the different candidates and ballot measures, you know, so it was a gradual, it was a gradual progression into, in, into really getting involved in politics. With youth vote being a nonpartisan organization, how do you all stay nonpartisan amongst each other, especially in a time when people are so politically charged and divided? My experience in that so far um, would be that we are, allowed to be open and honest about our own political opinions um, while we're discussing things in a group, although it really doesn't come up too much because it's um, more of a giving opportunities to other people and, you know, organizing things. But um, I would say as an organization, the goal is to be nonpartisan so that everyone feels welcome and open, but I don't feel like I have to hold anything back or that um, it's like a negative environment at all because I feel like we're all very understanding people and we all want to be having these open-ended conversations and that's why we're involved in youth vote. So even if say Tuan and I disagree on some kind of um, random policy thing, there wouldn't be any kind of you know negativity. We would both be allowed to say, oh, I think, I think this, but it doesn't, really matter because first of all, it's not really the point of youth vote. And um, second of all, I think that all of us as individuals um, strive to kind of go beyond just, um, you know, being Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whatever we personally believe and kind of see just issues as issues and stuff like that. I don't know if that was a perfect answer because it kind of spoke to us more as individuals and <laughs> less as a group. I think Ava described it perfectly when it comes to uh, internally within youth vote and our members. We definitely all have, you know, different political beliefs. Although I, I you know, from what I've heard, it sounds like uh, some of us have similar political beliefs. But that's again, that's part of us wanting to express that. And I think it's great that we do that individually. And then on an external level, from a, like a youthful perspective, because we are supposed to be nonpartisan, we do everything with the idea in mind to crossover to both sides. So when we have forums, whenever we're asking questions, we're inviting political candidates, we always ask all the open runners. So 
for example, Senate or U.S. House, you know, will not will ask Al Gross and Dan Sullivan, will ask Elise Galvin and Don Young's campaign, you know, to participate. So we always try to do our projects or our political projects in mind with being open and not showing preference to anyone that if we ask one party to do something, we're asking the other party the exact same thing or giving them the exact same opportunity to do so. Um, and so that's what that's what youth vote does, you know, and and like Ava mentioned that our members have political beliefs. Some of our members are engaged in campaigns or, you know, are engaged in politics themselves. So if that's the case, we try to make it so that um, they are not put in a position where it seems like there's a conflict of interest that will always try to shift things around. So that way things are nonpartisan, non-biased and fair for not only the project we're working on, but the participants, the campaigns themselves as well. Can you tell us about the candidates forum that you put on and how have you adjusted it this year amidst the pandemic? So in the past, uh, what usually would happen is uh, we would host this forum that's televised, you know, um, and we have an audience of several hundred high schoolers and uh, students from the Anchorage School District. Um, and it takes about an hour. And what happens is we have a, this forum is where we invite the candidates for you know U.S. House, U.S. Senate, maybe sometimes gubernatorial, um, mayoral elections, uh, some of the some of the uh, elections going on within Alaska, and we ask them to come to a high school, an auditorium, and answer youth-created and youth-focused questions, and that is a process that involves working with the social studies coordinator for the Anchorage School District, working with all the different schools to transport hundreds of students to to an auditorium where, again, candidates are answering youth-created and youth-focused uh, youth questions. Youth Vote then does a lot of the background and logistical uh, work to get that set up. And then, especially the day of the forum, we're backstage, we're working with the candidates and showing them where they need to go, where the timers for the event, where the MC and uh, question askers as well for the event. So Youth Vote does not only the planning, but also the back uh, the back end stuff and the the legwork to get that all set up. And we work, or Youth Vote works with, again, several different organizations and partners with them to get that set up. So we work with the Anchorage School District to get students involved. We work with KTUU to televise and get that set up as well, televise the form. So the a candidate form is, is, uh, is an event where we get to basically connect young people from the school district to their to the political candidates who are running, watch them answer questions that youth are creating and youth that uh, you that are focused on young people, and that it's also televised um, and broadcasted on to to uh, to the local area as well. And so this year, what we're doing instead of an hour long um, in person um, Q and A, we are doing a thirty minute. Um, pre-recorded Q&A. We've still gathered questions from um, students, but we've gotten fewer questions than I've told we have in previous years, um, just because it's, you know, not as hype to do something online when everything we're doing is online now. But um, we're making the most of it, and that's kind of why we're keeping it short, too, is to, you know, not have to have everyone sit in front of their computers for an extra hour. It's just a half hour. We've tweaked the questions so that they, first of all, make sense to be asked to all of the candidates and are not super just pinpointed on one thing. So that way we kind of cover a broader range of stuff. Well, I guess this is the first time that we've had all of the candidates here. 
that have agreed to do the forum, which is super exciting. And I'm glad that I can be a part of it. Um, we have all pre-recorded the questions and the candidates are sending their pre-recorded answers to the questions that we sent them already. <laughs> um, probably as we speak, they're sending those answers over and we're gonna put those together into a video that will be released for people to watch. So it's different, but um, on a basis, mostly the same idea. <laughs> Um, are there any other major projects or events that the that youthful organizes? The only one that I know about coming up is we're doing the mock election for students. I'm pretty sure students of basically all grades, except for like, you know, really, really young students are open to do that. And that's also going through the, you know, ASD social studies courses and stuff. So hopefully we'll get a lot of response on that. So and uh, usually during election years, uh, especially you know election season here, that uh, we focus a lot on the on more political projects. Uh, but upcoming big other or uh, other upcoming big uh, projects that you know in the future that we'll be working on is one. I think uh, we'll be working on gerrymandering uh, education for the community. Um, that is a topic that. Uh, our youth vote has decided to take on in terms of educating young people about is um, gerrymandering, especially with the 2020 census being wrapped up and gerrymandering is going to become, or redistricting, sorry, really is the, the correct term, uh, but redistricting in terms of voting districts or it will be starting to be decided. And so youth vote will be working on that um, at probably here in the next couple of months, after, especially after the election. Uh, and then further out though is our projects that are, related to in between your work that's in between uh, election cycles. So bullying prevention work, uh, uh, youth empowerment work, community work, that's what will be going on with the biggest thing being uh, presenting possibly at the 2021 uh, World Anti-Bullying Forum. Youth Vote uh, went to the 2019 World Anti-Bullying Forum and presented about youth empowerment, about getting young people engaged in organizations and communities. And so we'll, we'll be wanting to do something similar. Youth Vote does a lot of work traveling nowadays, or used to anyway, uh, before the COVID or before the pandemic and COVID hit, is Youth Vote would travel to uh, different conferences to present our work and what Youth Vote has done to empower young people to build resilience in young people, uh, thereby also uh, working on bullying prevention. Um, and we would present that as a youth-led present presentation group to the conference um, and to the audiences out there as well. So that's work we're doing. We're also working on helping other, uh, other places create their own youth vote. Youth vote as an organization is actually born out of, uh, or has a parent organization from the League of Women Voters of Anchorage, which is part of a, a League of Women Voters US, which is a nationwide organization uh, that really aims to, uh, to, I guess, promote the democratic process and improve the democratic process. Um, and so our youth vote is kind of like one of a kind within that, uh, within that network. And so we've presented at the League of Women Voters national convention and conferences. And so we have a lot of different leagues from different states, uh, states and cities who wanna create a youth vote in their own area. And so that's something else we're working a little long-term too is, is to help build a resource, help build a package for others, other, uh, other leagues to create their own youth vote in their own city, their community or, or state.
do you think the divisiveness of politics these days is making youth more or less politically engaged? I think this goes back a little bit to the point that Tuan and I made about apathy. And I think that it depends on um, your life and, you know, the different factors that affect you. As someone exposed to a lot of different people of different cultures and backgrounds and ethnicities and genders, I like to think at least that I have a pretty broad view about the issues in the world and how they affect um, people from different backgrounds. But like I said before, it's not like that for everyone and it could be because of their social circle or just the life they were born into. And I think if you are someone who is being more affected by the policies that are coming out of um, you know, this administration or administrations before, then you're probably gonna be more aware and more active because of that. And if you aren't seeing any effects and you personally aren't being affected by um, the policies coming out of administrations, um, be it you know, national or local, then I think it's gonna be less likely that you're gonna you know, step up and make a change and it's gonna be more like, you just think that politics is dividing your friends and your families and you might not see the background to that. So I think it kind of just depends on where you, where you are in life, whether or not that makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, I think it really depends. I think at this point, you know, if you, if it, things have happened enough to the point that you are, that young, uh, that um, people are feeling engaged or experiencing the effects second or directly or secondhand or whatever the case they're going to start wanting to vote and be involved in the political uh, process here. And I think that's going to be the case maybe for, well, maybe we'll see a turnout or participation on a level that, you know, we've never seen before. We'll never see again, or at least for a while. There are so many controversies going on. There's so many different political effects that are taking place that I think on a scale that compared to before it is quite large. And I think a lot more people are now being, affected they're seeing the outcomes from all of it there's you know these days not only is it the divisiveness but also the politicization of uh of almost every little thing that's going on right there's th some things that shouldn't be politicized are being politicized such as the response to covid you know for example that even something like that where it should seem like a very scientific you know uh, response to a you know a pandemic and a health issue that it should be pretty straightforward in response has now turned into this huge political issue. So every little thing is, seems to be taken up into a political issue. And I think that's going to really get more people involved and get in the, get into the minds of a lot more people. And we'll, a lot more people are now being, if not affected, being exposed to it or connected to it in some way. Yeah. I think that that social spotlight is a really good point. I mean, if we think about, because um, I was talking about social circles, but I totally blanked on, you know, social media, you get a lot of exposure that way. And I mean, we have seen how algorithms shape, you know, what you see on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, TikTok, whatever you have. But um, I mean, I think everyone at this point has seen something about, you know, the protest for George Floyd or Black Lives Matter movement, any kind of social movement like that, but that's a good example to come to mind. And I think that that kind of might um, spark more activism in youth because they are being exposed to that um, in all different types of media. So I think 
that that might be something that's different than, you know, youth generations in the past, that we kind of have that way to communicate across borders and across barriers. And that's probably breaking through some people who have, you know, felt apathetic to voting in the past and who are now thinking, oh, something here is wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. And if I could follow up to that, since Ava just reminded me of something else. Uh, there are so many different places and avenues that are trying to encourage people and remind people to vote. Um, I spoke, I, I remember seeing this like last election cycle, but this is election cycle. I feel that anywhere, a lot of places I go to, especially just like online, there's somebody telling me, are you registered to vote? You should vote. Uh, J. Crew, when I shop for clothes, sometimes I'll see it, uh, uh, as well as other uh, clothing stores. Um, it's shown up on Facebook. It shows up on Google. It shows up on several websites. It shows up on Tinder, even that they ask, are you registered to vote? You should vote. So there's so many different areas that are just trying to get young people or just people in general, reminding them that, you know, you should vote this, uh, this election season. Have you, have you been registered? Um, it just seems that that kind of message is everywhere and it's super prevalent. I don't think and again, it might be just because, you know, this is such a, a, a political environment this year, but I don't think I've ever had that kind of bombardment of reminders and, uh, and messages about voting and registering to vote, which I think is great, though, for getting as many young people or as many people and young people to vote. Yeah, um, there's actually a really good transition to my next question. How engaged are youth with this presidential election compared to the one four years ago? I think uh, a lot more. Um, I'm seeing a lot more messages of, of voting. I'm seeing online, uh, for example, let's see, Reddit is one place I see a lot is that young people are telling each other, it's like, vote, go vote. Whenever there's some kind of headline or some kind of political uh, topic that comes out, I see a lot of messages about, does this bother you? Or is this something that you actively care about? Then go vote, go register. And I think, you know, we see, we'll see a huge increase in young people's uh, participation in, and, and turnout. Uh, at least that's my very deepest hope. Uh, I think an, an indicator of that was two years ago at the last election cycle, you know, in Texas, there was a early voting turnout for within young people increased by like 400 or 447% is the exact number I want to say, but around 400%, I believe it was. Uh, and and you, you start seeing a lot more young people talking about it. I see a lot in social media. I see it a lot online in different forums, um, in different places. I think, I think participation this year compared to four years ago is going to be a lot more. It, we'll just see if it if it ends up being that way. If it ends up being an easy process for people to actually vote when the time comes. I think part of it too is the the whole kind of shift between voting in person to now having to vote by absentee or by mail. Um, and I think the difficulty was voting at a poll was of course easier um, and we can't do it necessarily as the same way now because of COVID. Um, so that might also be a little bit of an unfortunate barrier. But I think there's a lot of education out there, a lot of information out there on how you can still vote by mail or vote absentee or however you're, wherever you live, how you can vote. Do you ever see yourself getting into politics and running for public office? <laughs> I mean, I, I was actually talking to my grandma about this today and she's like, she said, who would want to be a politician? And then she's like, a lot of people, I guess. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I can definitely see myself becoming a politician in the future. I think that, I mean, as a young person and I try to keep myself as, you know, educated on current events as possible, but there are definitely, I mean, I know Tuan knows everything about like economics. I know like nothing about economics. So there's definitely some like holes that I would have to fill in if I ever wanted to be a politician. But um, I think that I have, you know, the drive and the motivation to do it. And I definitely have the opinions, <laughs> um, but I think that I might cry a few times. <laughs> I think that it would maybe be too tough for me. Like people are so mean to politicians and I mean, I understand it, but that might be the one thing that might keep me from being a politician in the future. Now you got it, keep, keep at it, don't give up. Yeah, I would say, for the reasons that Ava just explained, I probably wouldn't be a politician. Um, but I will say, though, if Ava ever asked, and she ran because I think she would make a wonderful politician, that I would be happy to be there to help fill in the economic gap holes if she, if she even has those. Because I imagine when she becomes a politician, she'll actually have a pretty good knowledge base on that. But if that's ever the case, then yes. But on, on my own, probably not. Thanks, Tuan. You can be my running mate. 20, I don't know, something in the future. I can't talk about it well, but yeah. Well, how can someone get involved with um, Youth Vote? What I did is I just went to the website, which I'm pretty sure if you just look up, I'm going to look it up right now, Anchorage Youth Vote. First result, AnchorageYouthVote.org. You just click there. And there might be a specific page to register, but I just clicked the like contact part and sent a message to Carrie. And then she sent me a link and she's very good about getting back to people. She got back to me right away. So um, super easy. Yeah. Anything yeah. else you guys would like to add? Uh, vote. Don't get, never give up on voting. Never give up on being part of the political process. Um, I, I really think it's such a huge, huge benefit to, to yourself too, and not only just to the community, but to yourself that, you know, you, you feel that you matter, that your voice matters, that you have, you know, you're able to contribute. And even if it's a vote that I would never agree with, or if it's a candidate <laughs> I would never agree with, I want to see people vote. Mm -hmm. I agree totally with what Tuan said. Um, and all, on top of that, you matter, but also local elections matter just as much as national elections. And in fact, you know, the people you elect as your local representatives influence federal politics. Like that's why it's at House of Representatives, senators, they vote on all the federal stuff and people in our um, Alaska House of Representatives and our Alaska senators um, on a state level, like it all bubbles up. So. And even just, you know, you should care about your community. But um, if you don't, do it because it does influence, you know, America as a whole. And your vote counts, even if you feel like you can't change anything, you can look at the amount of people that didn't vote in 2016 that could have. It is like a huge, it's more than anyone voted for either of the main candidates. So you matter your community matters, and <laughs> you can make a difference. That was AMU producers Riley Taylor and Daisy Carter speaking with Tuan Graziano and Ava Earl of Anchorage Youth Vote. If you want to learn more about their organization, you can go to anchorageyouthvote.org. 
You've been listening to Zoom Room, a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Kendrick Whiteman. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We want to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including the Anchorage Museum at Rasmussen Center, United Way of Anchorage, the Alaska Humanities Forum, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of the National Endowment for the Humanities, nor the other sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Atme. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateenmedia. You can also go to alaskateenmedia.org and click donate. On our website, you can learn more about what our organization does, listen to past episodes of our podcast, and find out how you can get involved. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. From Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Jeremiah Freeman, and thanks for listening.